Good evening and welcome to episode 144 of the Ask the Coach Show, where Ping Skills helps you improve your table tennis. 144 is 12 squared, a gross or a dozen dozen, and therefore 100 in the duodecimal system of counting. Today, we look at whether offensive players can use defensive blades. Um, we look at using robots to practice against no-spin balls and the rule regarding who calls a let. I'm Jeff Plum, and as always, Super Coach Alois Rosario is here with me to answer your table tennis questions. Welcome, Alois. And not only answer your table tennis questions, but we've got to get rid of these numbers. Let's think about this day in history. Let's start with yesterday because we did miss out, Jeff. Yesterday, the anniversary of Michael Jackson's death. <gasps> and, um, and, and yes, and still a very high grossing um, earner. So I think last year earned about $140 million. That's not bad. That's not bad money. Um, but today, <laughs> today, even more exciting, the anniversary of Sonny and Cher's divorce going through in 1975. There you go. Wow. And in honour of that anniversary, are you going to sing any of their songs for us? A um, little bit later, probably about uh, a minute and a half after the broadcast finishes. <laughs> All right. Excellent. Um, and for those of you that don't know, Alois is a very good singer, so one day we will have to get him to sing live on the show. Him and his dad, like probably getting to do a duo would be that, ideal. That, that is not true. <laughs> this is false. <laughs> okay. All right, Alois. Well, if you're not going to sing for us today, we'll, we'll move on to um, yesterday's Ping Skills question of the day, which was... Um, all about our competition and picking the winners of the Japan Open. Yes, indeed. And we've, uh, yeah, we've had some uh, good entries already. So if you um, want to get an entry, and why wouldn't you, go to um, www.pingskills.com, go to our blog, um, have a look at the uh, show number 143 and go down there and put a comment in to enter um the competition. So what you need to do is you need to pick the winner of both the men's and the women's singles at the Japan Open, which are on right now, and you need to also nominate the game score that's going to be um, for the final. So um, so you might say that Jeff Plum's going to win it and he's going to win it 4-1. Don't and, do that um, because I'm not actually in it, but good example. Yeah. Well, actually, it was a bad example, but, yeah, um, good point. Um, and also the women's singles and the same thing. You need to nominate 4-0, 4-1, 4-2, or 4-3 for the winner. So um, get your entries in. Um, yep. Plenty two, of time. Two quarterly premium memberships up for grabs. So, yeah. Ab absolutely. Yep. So uh, good prizes. Uh, and... You, you've got a really good chance, I think. You know, there's the, it's a pretty open field because there's a lot of players in there that I think can win it. Um, and as I said, at the moment, um, the uh, the last 16 matches of the men's are on. Um, let's have a look who's playing. So, yes, we've had the first four uh, matches. What? what? Jeffrey. What's happening? There's a turn up. Ma Long out. Oh, who beat him? 
Beaten by Shang Kun from China. Never heard of him. Shang Kun. Wow, Four I told you one. that Dong was going to win. Is he still in? Uh, he is still in, but he's up. Uh, he's up shortly. He's up in about uh, twenty-five minutes. Oh no, a little bit, a little bit longer. So uh, no, he's he's on tomorrow. Sorry, the uh, the other last sixteen matches are on tomorrow. Um, so so there is a big turn up. So anyone who has picked Ma Long, get out. You are gone. So um, this really opens it up again. So get your entry in. Um, Ma Long out. Um, Koki Niwa, also out, lost to um, Muramatsu, the Japanese chopper, 4-3. Uh, Maharu Yoshimura beat uh, Tang Ping from Hong Kong. And Ju Se Hyuk, I was just watching a little bit of that, just got over the line um, against uh, Jun Mizutani, 4-2. So, uh, yeah, so exciting, exciting moments there. Um, Ding Ning will be up uh, tomorrow as well. So she's got a match against Mima Ito. So both players winning their first round. Uh, last 16 matches tomorrow. Ning Ning, Mima Ito on table one will be on ITTV. Get on there and watch that. That will be good table tennis. Indeed, yeah. Always a great spot to watch, ITTV. So uh, easy way to get it is just go to the ITTF website and you'll find a big uh, logo there for the ITTV site. Great. All right. Well, that's exciting. And, of course, the Japan Open is the 300th uh, World Tour event. So um, that's great for the ITTF. And, you know, it's just getting bigger and bigger. So, yeah, get on board. Start watching it. Now, Alois, the Ping Stillers question for today is what is your favourite country in the world to visit? So, again, get involved. I'll put that on our Facebook page. Uh, it'll be on our blog just get involved, start commenting. It's fun to, you know, talk to other table tennis people. And with such exciting questions like that, who wouldn't want to get involved? <laughs> All right. Now for the table tennis questions, Alois. Um, Mike D has just jumped on live on the show and asked a question using the Google Q&A app. And he said, hi, guys. Welcome back. Thank you, Mike. Last week, I played with a plastic ball, which I found to be much slower Less power, which had more of an impact on my game than the different sound it produced. What do you guys think of the plastic ball on the game of table tennis? Yeah, Mike, um, I just uh, went to the Spanish Open and watched the, the tournament there. They played with the butterfly ball, and I thought they were fantastic. I thought the balls were really good. Um, I, you know, before the match, you got to test the balls, and, and basically everyone I spun was really, really good and round and quite hard. So, gee, I was, I was surprisingly impressed, actually, at the butterfly balls. Depends, I guess, what uh, ball you were using and whether it was a three-star and what brand it was. Um, I think some manufacturing is better than others. But, yeah, the butterfly ball really impressed me. And, again, you know, watching the matches, I just couldn't see any difference. Even the sound was quite good. Um, having said that, uh, during the tournament, I think I saw two balls break. So one was a um, ball just, you know, uh, broke completely. Wow, um, that was, and that was another, pretty exciting. 
Yeah, it was, yeah. So Melissa Tapper just went for a forehand and the ball ended up like on the next court in pieces. Um, and do they but, call it less uh, for that situation? Yes, they did. They, so for that one, they did call a let. Um, and then I also saw Sam uh, Von Einem playing another match and there was a slight crack in the ball. And surprisingly, um, I could still hear it. So a couple of points earlier, I thought I heard something and I sort of looked over at the other coach and, and we both sort of thought, oh, yeah, maybe there is something. And then um, a couple of points later, the ball did bounce a little bit um, strangely. Uh, but for that, they didn't call a let because it wasn't really obvious. So, um, so that was interesting. Well, that's good news. So hopefully the manufacturing is getting better of these balls. And, you know, once once they get to a good level, hopefully the negativity will die down. And I guess it's always a big change, you know, moving to new types of balls, like even when they change the size of the ball. And it does take a while for people to get used to. And people don't like change, so it's always going to be hard for them to get used to. But I think, you know, Alois, people will be used to this soon. In in a year, two years, we won't be talking about it much. It'll be just like, oh, remember when we used to use those celluloid balls? That's that's my feeling anyway. Yeah, and before um, five minutes ago, I was going to say that, um, you know, and the results still stay the same until Ma Long just lost to some guy I'd never heard of from China. Yes, but, but they were using um, that ball at the world's very did win. So, but exactly. I guess, I guess for what, what about for people like Mike who you know are switching over and you know finding it difficult and a bit you know slow? Is there any advice you can give them to just you know get used to that and move on? Yeah, sure. I, I think um, well, firstly, and like a lot of things we talk about, you know, just using it a lot more. Uh, will help. So if you if you utilise the ball more, you'll just start to get the um, pace and feel of uh, what's going on with the ball. And also just check what um, type of ball you're using. Um, as I said, some are better than others. And, um, you know, some of the, the, the earlier ones weren't as good. And now uh, you could really hear a difference. They were a bit softer. Um, they weren't uh, round. Um, so, yeah, just, just check that as well. But I suppose be patient, Mike. Um, it'll all get better. Excellent. All right. Now, Diego has a question. It says, I was wondering if players can use offensive rubbers and play offensively when using a defensive blade. Yeah, interesting question, Diego. And um, I answered this on the um, Ask the Coach page as well. Um, so... I think having a slower blade and a faster rubber is a, is a pretty good combination to have because you get the control from the blade um, and the, the speed and the spin from the rubber. Um, a lot of players tend to use a slightly slower blade and a faster rubber, you know, energy or whatever it is, um, uh, as they're set up. But um, someone did put a comment on there that the, the one thing to watch out for is if you're using a defensive blade, so you know, something that's a real defensive blade, they tend to have a slightly bigger racket head on them. So, so the head um, tends to be a little bit larger. Um, and then when you put your offensive rubber on there, it is going to make it a bit heavier. So that is something to think about. But if you like an all-round blade or a, um, you know, even an all-round minus or all-round plus type blade, they tend to be the same size and shape. 
as um, as most rackets. Um, and yeah, I think I think that's a that's a pretty good combination to go with. Yeah, indeed. Um, and I guess you know a bit of a plug for the Ping Skills Touch here, Alice, which should be available hopefully early next month. Um, that's an all-round blade, and we've got different options of rubbers that you can put on that, and so that's available through the Ping Skills website. All right. DK has the next question, and DK says, recently I, jo- uh, recently I joined, sorry, recently I recognised that I'm quite good at returning topspin, but I have problems with returning a high ball or a spinless attack. So do you have any idea how to use robots to simulate these spinless attacks? Yeah, so I haven't had a lot of experience using robots, DK, but um, but you can tilt perhaps the, the robot um, a little bit. So so if it hasn't got a head that actually tilts, um, then you could even just put the robot up, so um, prop the front wheels or, or front area of the robot up a little bit on a on a book or on a piece of wood um, to tilt it up a little bit and then just slow it down so it doesn't fly off the end of the table. So it depends a lot on the robot you've got. Um, but, yeah, so that's that's one thing that you can possibly do and that was suggested by a few players as well um, on, yeah. our, um, on our page. And what about having no spin on it with the robot? Yeah, so again, some robots are good at that. Some robots you have to have top spin or back spin. Um, so again, just depends on the robot, um, you know, and and how many wheels they've got and um, and that sort of thing. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, ideally, you know, um, find a multi-ball partner that can feed some balls to you, and that is so much easier and so much better. You can get the higher balls that you want and at the height and speed and whatever that you that you need. Yeah, and I guess that's the beauty about learning multi-ball because those skills are transferable to doing all sorts of exercises with multi-ball. Like you could just, you know, do some high spinless balls, but then you can do a lot more complicated things like a you simulate almost a push return and then a block. So it just gives you a lot more flexibility, multi-ball. And, you know, it's not that hard to learn. It's just like another skill. So it's just, you know, practice it and you can learn it. And we actually have a whole course on uh, multi-ball. So check that out on the Ping Skills website. All right. Thanks for the question, DK. All right, next up, Joseph has a question and he says, if you serve a let, who shouts let? Is it me, my opponent, or does the umpire shout let? Okay, so this is this is an interesting one again, Joseph. So in the ideal situation, you have an umpire um, that, you know, is in control of the match, they are the only ones that are allowed to call a let. So um, the players aren't allowed to call a let. But um, if there is an umpire, and this happens even at international level, if there is an umpire and a player um, feels like it is a let, often they'll just put their hand up while they're playing. So they might serve it and just put their hand up uh, to indicate to the umpire and to their opponent that they think the ball is a let. But if the umpire doesn't call it a let, then you've just got to play on. Um, so you have to be very careful there. You know, don't um, don't try and just call the let yourself. Now, the other thing, though, is that in a lot of our situations, you know, in the office, um, even at club level, at, um, at competition level, sometimes you don't have an umpire. Um, so 
then it's up to the players to basically try and agree. And it's not an ideal situation, of course. But you know, if you if you do think it's a let, just put your hand up. If the other player acknowledges it, they'll t- usually tend to just hit the ball up softer, and um, and you both just catch it and go on. So it's difficult situation, but you know, most of the time it's pretty obvious um, whether it's a let or not. Umpiring in table tennis is one of the really easiest sports to umpire in. You know, either the ball's in, out, touches the table, doesn't touch the table, um, or is um, a let or not, especially at that level. So, um, and and usually table tennis players are all pretty good and pretty honest. Yeah, exactly. And I guess when there's no umpire, either player generally calls a let. Whoever thinks they they see it um, is what I've generally experienced, Alex. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so it's not it's not the server's responsibility or the receiver's re- responsibility. It's either player. Yep, good point. Yep. Indeed. All right. Well, Alois, that wraps up another show. Um, so, where, where have you got much on for the weekend? Much table tennis? Uh, just just uh, watching a bit of uh, the Japan Open and uh, getting some good results happening there. And um, I'll be looking forward to that. And a little bit of coaching on the weekend. So, um, yeah, that'll be that'll be good to get back into my coaching after after having a bit of uh, time off being in Spain. So, yeah, uh, yeah, that, yeah that's my Very weekend. Good. What about you? Um, yeah, I'm, just, I'm going to be watching some of the Japan Open 2 alloys and um, yeah, really looking forward to that. Should be some uh, great table tennis and uh, with Ma Long going out, really opening up the field. So yeah, going to enjoy that. So everyone else, take a look at ITTV, watch the Japan Open, pick the winner on our website, pinkskills.com and have a great weekend. Hopefully it is full of lots of table tennis. And we will be back on Monday. So thanks, everyone, for watching. And thank you, Alloys. Thanks, Jeff. And uh, we'll probably be able to announce the winners on Monday's show. Woohoo! See you.